2: PS,
3: Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself.
0: like our bond supplies to give January 6th another try.
1: Fully vaccinated people, come and help yourselves. To some high, no heaven count, John and friends. Tonight let's put those awful thoughts upon the shelf. And tell Fox News are going, fuck
4: themselves with
0: Good evening,
2: Los Angeles. Look at this beautiful crowd. That amazing song was by Andrew Dwiggins. Most recently, a minor character who plays a suitor who briefly appears in an unremarkable Dickens novel that is just about the name Dwiggins. (laughs) Dwiggins is the name of a character in a Dickens novel that does not get the girl. You know? It's also a lovely song. Thank you, Andrew. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you have a live or else theme song, send it to us at at leaveitatcrooked.com. On the show this week... Time freak Scott Yates is here to discuss daylight saving time. Adam Conover has thoughts on video games and masculinity. Sam Sanders helps crown the best grift of all. And Nancy Pelosi, wink, wink, gives us an update on the biff. Plus, hot takes are back. But first, let's get into it. What a week. Hold your loved ones close, buy land with water rights. New Jersey is now a swing state. Uh, what are you booing? What are you booing? <laughs> I'm gonna say this next piece, and I know it's stupid. New Jersey is a swing state. Vafangul. All right. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yes, on Tuesday, Democrats got fucking worked. <laughs> what? 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 I don't understand. It happened. Each time I acknowledge it, can't be a new surprise to you. (laughs) We got worked. (laughs) In New Jersey, Democratic Governor Phil Murphy eked out a victory against his Republican challenger, a race no one expected to be that close. Meanwhile, Glenn Youngkin was victorious over former Governor Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. In a state Joe Biden won only a year ago by 10 points. This has led to recriminations and a deluge of sweet, sweet takes. Uh, My take is that Terry McAuliffe said this in an interview on Pod Save America. I like a rosé. I like a sparkling rosé. It's the okay. Diet beers. You look like a
3: rosé type.
2: You look like a rosé guy, Terry. They also asked us to cut that from the pod, and I said no. <laughs> I am a rosé guy, and I do look like a rosé guy. It was astute, and not the reason. Joe Manchin, point. <laughs> Joe Manchin, meanwhile, pointed the finger at inflation and Democrats' attempt to rush the Build Back Better plan through Congress via a one-party system. But if older white Virginians voted Republican because they don't want themselves to have vision and dental care under Medicare, I don't know what Democrats can really do to counter that? If making ourselves the we don't want your teeth and eyes to rot out of your fucking skulls party isn't working, it's in God's
0: hands.
2: (laughs) Also in Jersey, a Republican truck driver named Edward Durr won his election... That's how you heard it. I don't know what you're laughing about. I just said his name. One is election against New Jersey Senate president Stephen Sweeney after reportedly spending just $153 on his campaign, 100% of which went towards paper flyers and Dunkin' Donuts. No consultants, all donuts, and a better value than we got for Amy McGrath. You know what I mean? What? I feel like there are several people here constantly rediscovering the reality that we are in. through this set of cards. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Glasgow, Scotland, the world has gathered to negotiate a plan to stave off the worst effects of climate change. The U.S. has pledged will update the Clean Air Act to cap methane emissions from the gas and oil industries. Over 40 countries also agreed to reduce coal burning by the 2040s, though not the United States, India, or China, which is a bummer. <laughs> Russia, Brazil, China, and the U.S. join nearly 100 countries in vowing to end deforestation by 2030, a pledge that affects 85% of the world's forests, which is going to be particularly difficult for Brazil given how much they hate Bush. (laughs) Like I know anything about that. (laughs) Critics have noted that the pact uh, for the deforestation allows for another 10 years of deforestation, and even then it's not binding. But have i learned one thing from the giving tree. It's that trees love it when we fuck them over. They're addicted to getting absolutely owned. (laughs) Greta Thunberg stormed out of the summit's high integrity in the voluntary carbon market panel on Wednesday, disappointed by companies' attempts to greenwash their carbon offset programs. Sort of like a classic thing. Like at a certain age, all teens feel like they're too cool for their government's carbon offset
0: programs.
2: (laughs) I do think some of those offset programs are like, you see that tree right there? I swear to God I was going to cut it down. But now I'm not. It's an offset. (laughs) Ahead of the climate change summit, European leaders gathered to toss a coin in Rome's Trevi Fountain, hoping for good luck in addressing climate change. I really wish somebody thought to do that before atmospheric carbon exceeded 400 parts per million for the first time in 3 million years. At the summit, Biden apologized for the Trump administration pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord, saying this.
0: America has, was really behind the eight ball in the last four years. We've lost a lot of our standing.
2: I heard that speech. i tell you, Biden could have used an eight ball, you know what I mean? Because he sounded tired. <laughs> I'm saying Biden should have done some coke. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Biden should have to apologize for something Trump did. That would be like Trump apologizing for Joe Biden stealing the election. (laughs) President Biden visited the Vatican. He reportedly met with the Pope for 90 minutes. So it's safe to say they did not watch Dune. (laughs) Loved Dune, by the way. On Tuesday... Chuck Schumer announced a deal had been reached to lower prescription drug prices, one that even Kirsten Cinema allegedly signed on to. They just had to include a provision that legally accepts mommy juice as a name for wine. <laughs> 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 In a hotbed for the Washington Post, Mitt Romney defended the filibuster he called Democrats' attempts to abolish it for voting rights, an unserious partisan effort aimed at messaging and energizing that party's base. He's right, of course, on some level, everything we do is to try in vain to create a third of the energy in our base that matches what happened when we found out that Mitt Romney drove across the country with a dog on his roof. (laughs) (laughs) On Monday, Governor Greg Abbott sent a letter to the Texas Association of School Boards asking them to find and remove library books that contain pornographic material. And once we get rid of the porn in books, we're going to check to see if there's any porn on the Internet. (laughs) We made a list of some of the banned materials. Clifford the Big Red Hog. (laughs) Harry Popper's in the Chamber of Secrets. Wait. The Very Horny Caterpillar. And the Receiving Tree. Now, I admit that inside of that list was... Obviously a popper's joke. Not the best one we've ever used, but I realized that I accidentally skipped last week, so we need to do two popper's jokes tonight. So I guess we'll have to squeeze in a second right now. That's it. That's the second joke. Okay. Facebook announced this week that they will no longer... You know what? I'm just going to read you the punchline of the joke. In New York City courtship, going to Staten Island with someone is considered 3,000th base... Jesus. It's about Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. They might be fucking, but they went on a roller coaster at the very least. <laughs> Facebook announced this week that they will no longer be using facial recognition and plan to delete a billion users' facial templates. According to a Facebook spokesperson, having your facial template deleted isn't as painful as it sounds, and most users are able to live productive lives. The SpaceX capsule's toilet is on the fritz, so four astronauts will be forced to wear backup underwear on their return trip. There was a bathroom, said William Shatner. (laughs) He's an old man. He shot himself. (laughs) William Shatner came back from space covered in shit. (laughs) Meanwhile, astronauts aboard the International Space Station grew green chilies in space and used them to make tacos, which is cultural appropriation. Blow it up out of the sky. (laughs) But seriously... Spicy tacos in outer space, we can only thank heaven that these aren't the same astronauts with the broken toilet. (laughs) In the last year, there have been three instances where pilots flying over Los Angeles report seeing a jetpack man hovering over the city. The case remains open, but this week the FBI said the sightings may have been a balloon shaped like Jack Skellington from Tim Burton's 1993 claymation film, The Nightmare Before Christmas. This went from a 10 to a 0 on the awesomeness scale so fucking fast. (laughs) Like all the things it could turn out to be. During a Wednesday news conference, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis referred to the Biden administration as the Brandon administration a reference to the chant taking conservative america by storm what is let's go brandon an nbc sports uh, reporter misheard a nascar crowd chanting fuck joe biden and thought they were cheering let's go brandon in support of driver brandon brown
3: as you can hear the chants from the the crowd fuck joe biden! let's go brandon brandon fuck you joe told biden! me you were gonna kind of hang back
2: <laughs> it was a real life Honest to God, I was saying Boo-Earns. It actually happened. A real I was saying Boo-Earns in the world. Of course they took advantage of that. That fucking rules. Anyway, the phrase became a right-wing meme. Then a Southwest pilot is being investigated because he said, let's go Brandon over the intercom before takeoff, which is, I would say, not ideal. People are losing their minds. Anyway, Southwest quickly apologized, saying, airline's policy is that passengers must provide their own memes. (laughs) Ted Cruz also got in on the meme action, tweeting, let's go, Brandon, and whispering it, while climaxing in the bathroom as he was watching a lesbian incest porn based on the original Beverly Hills 90210. (laughs) Speaking of porn and right-wing nuts... When we come back, Adam is here. And we're back. This week, Republican Senator Josh Hawley from the good state of Missouri spoke with the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando, saying the following.
0: Can we be surprised
1: that after years of being told that they are the problem, that their manhood is the problem, more and more men are withdrawing into the enclave of idleness and pornography and video games?
2: Of course, the senator is not the only conservative flagging video games as a signpost for the end times, where men are concerned. In his 2017 book, The Vanishing American Adult, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass blamed video games for making kids softer, chiding the 5 million Americans who he claims play 45 hours of video games a week. Here to discuss all of this the most masculine, macho, manly gamer I know. He makes Jason Momoa in Dune look like Timothee Chalamet in Dune, and he's (laughs) sexier than either. Welcome back, Adam Conover. (laughs) Hi, Adam.
0: Terrible. Hi
2: there. (laughs) Thanks for for having me. Happy to be here. So I want to talk to you about gaming and masculinity. Two topics I could not be more excited to discuss. Well, the reason I was glad to talk to you about them because... You know, you spoke to Joe Rogan, I think like two years ago, and it was a really interesting conversation that really reminded me of what Josh Hawley is trying to do. Uh, But you were talking about loneliness in older men and how the culture around masculinity may be contributing to that. But Mm -hmm. what's interesting about it is Rogan's like, yeah, I mean, maybe men should be more sensitive, but they also should fucking man up. And I feel like that got to the heart of what Hawley's trying to take advantage of. Yeah, I blacked out during that
1: conversation. So thank you. (laughs) <laughs> for reminding me what we discussed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it was a really, it was an interesting conversation because me and Joe, like, we had a point of agreement in what we were talking about, and we also had a point where we were talking completely right. past each other.
2: And I think that is exactly what it's about. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things you pointed out is that From a very young age, boys are told that certain things aren't manly and they shouldn't do them. Hold hands with other boys in a kind of friendly way. Build close relationships. Mm -hmm. You talked about how even, you know, as a boy, you're afraid to be vulnerable because you're going to get made fun of. And Rogan's response, which I actually think is propelling a lot of this sort of masculinity discourse. I think you see it in Chappelle. I think you see it in what Holly's doing is like, yeah, but uh, we need guys to man up. They're really soft right now. Men Mm -hmm. have become really soft. They're playing too many video games. But then the question is, okay, what are these qualities that men are supposed to have that women shouldn't have? And yeah. what are the qualities women should have that men shouldn't have?
1: I mean, the answer to that question is like very obvious. It's, you know, like uh, aggression and, I don't know, providing stuff, killing things, uh, <laughs> being stoic, emotional stoicism and emotional unavailability and, and things. I mean, someone who buys into all that might disagree with me, but it's like basically the whole ball of wax that we're like brought up. To believe is associated with manliness, either overtly or like very subtly, you know and it 's weird because what I was saying and what I would continue to say is that that stuff is a prison to a certain extent because you 're told well, these sort of things are for you, and these other emotions and these other ways of being are not for you and like to me, the point that I was trying to make is that I grew up around a lot of women who talked about what they were cut off from because of our ideas about womanhood, right. <laughs> And it took me another like 15 years to start thinking about, wait, there's stuff I'm cut off from. And that is hurting me. And that wasn't a conversation I ever had. And I was trying to broach that. But, you know, a lot of folks come back to that and, yeah, they just say, yeah, except you should be more of a man, though. Like, no, but that's the same thing that you were already doing.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I feel it myself sometimes because I, I have female friends, I have gay friends, and I even have some straight male friends. <laughs> uh, when, it, it sometimes happens. Are you, know? you, are you saying we're friends? I think we're friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how,
1: I de- that's how I describe it, too. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so, oh, you know, John? Yeah, I know of him. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> We've met from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've Bumped into each other at the Erewhon. We'll say hello. See a mutual friend's, real friend's birthday party. <laughs> Neither one of us has taken even the first step that either would take to put us on the road for a genuine friendship. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean this, isn't even, this isn't that either. This that, is work. We're that, both at work right now. We're,
1: this is very much work. <laughs> 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 I'm working so hard up here right now. But it's not unpleasant. It's not
2: unpleasant. It's a simulc- simul- simulcrum. Simul simulacrum. 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 This is why I'm not seeking the friendship. Who wants to be corrected by a slightly smarter version of themselves? <laughs> <laughs> not me. Yeah. But no. But yeah. I was get- what I was getting at is, and I want to get to the video game piece of this is. It took me until my mid late 30s to be like, wait a second, I have such a different shittier version of friendship with straight guys because I'm doing the straightest version of me, the least feminine version of me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and then I bring something totally different to a group of gay friends or a group of female friends because yeah. that's the space where that kind of vulnerability and compassion is more welcome. But what is also interesting to me about this is then they turn and say, men have a problem, which isn't incorrect. Men do have a problem in this country. And they're turning to video games which are for boys, which itself is a version of of the kind of toxic masculinity yeah. that's the uh, weird, they're decrying. That's, that's the, strange the weird thing. thing about
1: what Holly's saying, because it's like, oh, you're told their manhood is wrong, so they're
2: going to video game. Well, video games are a thing that I grew up being told was for boys. You did a great Adam Rubens Everything, I think, about this, about yeah. when, like, it was not the case that video games were seen as being for boys, and a very specific change happened. Yeah.
1: and uh, Okay, I'll dance like a monkey and do it. Uh <laughs> No, we're at work. If you remember, <laughs> with, this is work right now. No, in like the you know the 80s, like especially the computer game era, games were like very you know multi-gender. In that you know, for instance, uh, Roberta Williams, who was like a great game designer for Sierra and did the King's Quest games, she was like one of the first great gaming superstars. People like that. Like there were real you know games were for adults. When Nintendo though started making games, and this is one version of the story. There's a lot of different ways to break it down. But when Nintendo took over the video game market, they sold specifically in toy stores. They left. Kind of the radio shacks of the world, and they went to toy stores. Toy Stars were very much boy and girl aisle, and they kind of just chose an aisle. They also, you know, probably went in a direction that more boys were playing the system anyway, but that's because boys are given like computer toys at a younger age, that sort of thing. But it was really with the start of Nintendo that the masculinity of games themselves developed, and it wasn't, yeah, it was like sort of a weird conditional thing of what capitalism did. It's not like one gender likes interactive electronic entertainment
2: more than the other. Yeah, no, they just advertised two boys. Yeah. Ma- and then, you know, they made games that had objectified women in them. They made it about yeah. shooting and cars. and. Well, it had the phenomenon. You know, I have a sister who's one year younger than me, and we had every video game system. But it was always like
1: my hobby, and she would watch, right? Or she would occasionally take the controller. And I wasn't... I don't remember saying, don't play, that was just how we played. And like now that we're adults, she likes video games as much as I did, but we had a different relationship with them back then for you know, God knows why kids, uh, where we absorb those things, how we absorb them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I do think right now there is this moment where, yes, there's still the kind of, I think, traditional style games, your Calls of Duty, yeah. that You know, you're kind of shooting games, your games that have fit into these tropes, but it's also a really exciting time for independent games, for games that tell stories, for games that don't play into some of these tropes. But are you right now playing Demon Souls? Are you a Souls person? I, fi- I am playing Demon Souls.
1: I finished Demon Souls very long. I've played every Souls game. Yes. I watched a whole bunch of the Elden Ring trailer that came out today. Anybody? <laughs> Thank you. A-, a valiant Ring. effort, ma'am, but I don't believe
2: El- They don't. You play Sekiro? Uh,
1: I did play Sekiro. Did you get
2: past the Guardian Ape? I beat everything in Sekiro.
1: Yeah, that's one of my greatest achievements as a person is beating Sekiro. You don't know. You, you didn't, don't. Fucking you weren't know. there. You weren't there. And you, you, don't weren't know. there. you weren't, there, and you you weren't don't know. there. You
2: weren't there. And you weren't there. You don't know what it's like. You don't understand. It's like we're astronauts who both saw Earth from space, and you didn't. Does you that did make it. sense? I actually died on the launch pad, but I understand the metaphor because I did not get past the guardian ape. Oh, the guardian ape is real hard. You think you
1: beat him, and oh, fuck, he's got a zombie worm in his neck, and he's coming back for you.
2: He's coming back for you, and you won't know that at first. (laughs) And you'll be caught off guard. Yeah, no,
1: I play everything. I play almost everything I can get my hands on. Playing Metroid Dread? I also am in the middle of Metroid Dread. Yes, I play Metroid Dread. Very good. Anybody? Same woman? You're all late. You're not playing it, I can tell.
2: Ronan tried to trick me into playing it, but I didn't realize it was 2D. You don't like 2D? I like to be able to turn around.
1: (laughs) I want to look around. You can turn around, and <laughs> no, you can No, 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 I want to look this way. way, I want to look
2: that way, <laughs> I want to move, I want to feel like I'm in a place. So Josh Hawley, obviously, I, one of the things that Josh is playing into with this kind of nonsense is, there really is a crisis that men are going through right now, that on the one hand, as he points out, I think as you pointed out on your show, is that there really is a, a problem of loneliness among men, especially older men, there's yeah. a crisis around jobs, a, and then there is this larger conversation around gender in our culture that is very destabilizing for a lot yeah. of people, people like Joe Rogan take advantage of that, I think Dave Chappelle is taking advantage of that i think josh Hawley, a demagogue is taking advantage of that what was the reaction when you started saying when you kind of confronted some of those norms on rogan like what was the fan base like when you're like actually some of this stuff you're talking about is pretty toxic
1: oh i mean they weren't happy with (laughs) me no i mean it was very it was very interesting i got um i had to batting down the old Instagram comment hatches for a little while, you know? It was, everybody listens to that show. There's a caricature of people who listen to that show that's very easy to indulge in. But the truth is, it's extremely popular, and tons and tons of people listen to it. And tons of people reached out and said, oh, that really resonated for me. I really appreciated that, you know? Um, and then a lot of people just said, like, like, we spent a good part of the interview talking about the false dichotomy between alphas and beta males, right? And how this is not real. This isn't like mm. science. This not is real. just a, it's a framework that I happen to think is harmful. Those are not true. And just a lot of people were like, yeah, you're a beta though. And it's like hard to argue with that, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like, well, sure, with that, well, that's it, you know. a pretty beta attitude about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, that, that's the difficult conversation, you know? And like I said, we found points of agreement and, and points of not, like, you know, the whole argument is that, again, there's attributes that we have historically associated with maleness. Those are not necessarily bad attributes, right? The problem is that we as men cut ourselves off from other good things that we should have, like close companionship or things like that, to our detriment and... Some of the things that we embrace can also hurt and injure us in ways that are, like, hard to understand. And, like, you know, I've really experienced this. Can I tell a personal story? Please. One of the first toys we had as a kid was that me and my sister had a Hello Kitty, like, little kitchen set, right, with, like, a frying pan and stuff like that to cook. And growing up, I was like, that's my sister's Hello Kitty kitchen set. And it was, like, a very iconic toy I remembered from my childhood, but I labeled it as my sister's. When I was like 32, we were watching childhood VHS tapes, and we're watching a tape of Christmas morning when I'm like three years old, and I open it, and I open the Hello Kitty kitchen set, and I say, oh, Yeah, it's what I wanted. It's a kitchen set. And I go to start cooking, right? I was like, That was mine. My parents were like, Yeah, you wanted that. You asked for it. You wanted to cook. And I was so. Heartbroken for myself, right? <laughs> right? Because why? Why did I like two years later when my memories began stop understanding that that was mine? The truth is, I love to cook. I love to cook for my girlfriend. That's like a nurturing thing that I like to do. That is a emotion and a way of being that like I was just sort of subtly in ways I didn't understand pushed away from, and that's like a harm. And unfortunately, as many times as you explain that, people will go, "Well, you fucking hate men, though, you know?" Like, yeah. and some people they hear it as that. And I don't know, all you can do is try to say it over and over again, try to say it better next time, and and try to really have that communication. And, you know, with Rogan, we got halfway there and not all the way there, and it was uh, an effort on my
2: part. You can tell me whether or not it worked. But The reason I wanted to talk about it is in part because, like, I see what happens when Josh Hawley says something like this on Twitter. He gets exactly what he wants, which is content-free denunciations on Twitter. And obviously what he's doing is saying, hey, there is a problem with men. There is a conversation about masculinity. I'm very intent on making both of these things worse. (laughs) That is my goal, to put blame on liberals and leftists and then make both of these problems worse. Do nothing to address uh, what is plaguing men in this country and uh, contribute nothing but harm (laughs) to a conversation about what masculinity is or isn't. But we need to have this conversation because clearly it's resonating with a lot of people. Because I don't care about Dave Chappelle, but I do find it really interesting what that audience is laughing at and loving and you get a sense of there's this anxiety and insecurity about manliness and masculinity and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. And we better be ready to have that conversation in a way that kind of people can understand.
1: It all comes from pain, you know, and it's just a question of how we address that pain. Like, I remember going on like the seduction Reddit, the pickup artist Reddit, which is still around. And, you know, that was a very fun thing for us to all make fun of for like a decade. Right. But I remember at the height of that, I would go look at it and it would be. These guys saying like, yeah, I ran a B system on a real HB9. They have all their codes, and it's like very all this stuff, right? Oh, and then you'd read it, you'd read between the lines, and realize this is like a 19-year-old at college who is like very anxious about talking to women, right? And no one ever taught him how, right? And I remember growing up, and all the women in my life had the various magazines that said, "Here's how to figure out if a boy likes you." Here, you know what I mean? Would teach them social rules. We, you know, teach each other rules. And a lot of men are not taught that. I was never taught that. It's a pain and a lack and a thing that they need, and no one is giving it to them, you know? And so they go get it from the biggest assholes in the universe, you know? But, like, if, I think you're right. If we have the conversation and we provide that thing that, like, men are missing, then we can, you know, do it in a more productive way, and we can actually fill that in a way that's, like, nourishing and not
2: destructive. And I think what men are mostly missing are kind of big feathery hats And 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 big kind of big kind of floral things that make them stand out in a crowd even though they live in their parents' basement. (laughs) I'm trying to give you a new perspective on
1: you're going right back to the old Uh, joke. I've
2: fallen for the game. I've fallen for the game yet again. Uh, before we uh, uh, go on to the next segment, where are you standing on daylight savings time? What's your what's your what's your stand? Oh
1: my god, this is I mean look, I used to be an anti-daylight savings time person, and then the thing that I learned is that there are certain parts of the country where the latitude is at such a spot where if you don't do it, then, like, it doesn't become light out until, like, 9.30 a.m. or some shit. And Mm -hmm. so there is, like, a little bit of a need in some spots. However, I think we got to loosen it up federally because I think, for instance, California would probably want to move to... And by the way, it's not that we hate daylight savings time. It's that here, for me, I hate standard
2: time. What we're about
1: to move into... Standard Time, which for some reason is shorter than Daylight Savings Time. so like less months Well, because we've year. been
2: squeezing it for so long. Yeah. Because for so long we've been contracting Daylight Savings. You know what? We're going to get to this later, but here's the good news. You're absolutely right. You have landed on the correct policy outcome. There is an answer. <laughs> and he, he got there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I fucking ruined the show. I did it too early. Give it up for Adam Conover. He's going to stick around. Thank you. When we come back, Sam Sanders is going to join as well. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh man, you know, I don't know. Pushing it down. (laughs) Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. (laughs) Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight (laughs) it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, when we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect us negatively. Not me, not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the the, the attention span right now to focus on some of these longer-term issues. And she's mm-hmm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm -hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. And we're back! This week, would-be investors in Squidcoin, a cryptocurrency leveraging the success of the hit Netflix show, found themselves with empty pockets after the scam artists behind Squid cashed in the coins and made off with $3.3 million before disappearing, which does seem very much in the spirit of Squid Game. Uh, But the truth of the matter is, we've all been scammed. But which scams rise to the top of our grift-based culture? Here to decide who wins the grift bracket... Please welcome Sam Sanders of NPR's It's Been a Minute. (laughs) Hi, Sam.
4: Hey there. Oh, my God. The email said, the stairs are steep, be careful. And I was tripped. Wow. Hey, fellas.
2: Hi. Here's how this is going to work. We have a griff bracket. Can we throw the griff bracket up on the screen? (laughs) All right. It's a sweet 16 of griffs. We are going to take you through each one. Adam and Sam are going to help us figure out who wins. I'm not going to read them all. We're going to go through matchup by matchup. Let's start with the first seed, I think. Don't know how seeds work. Fire Festival with Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule. Rich millennials spent thousands of their parents' dollars so they could eat soggy ham and cheese sandwiches on an island versus Squid Coin, the $3.3 million rug pull. What is the worst grift? I don't care about the
4: Fire Festival because fuck them kids. Right, everybody at Fire Festival, I was like, uh, okay, you'll be fine. Also, Ja, I like him still.
2: Wow, so you, that's an argument for Squidcoin. What yes. do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, let's see.
2: Both burned a lot of fossil fuels. The kids. <laughs> that's true. Getting there versus the cryptocurrency.
1: I honestly think it's worse to attend an event and not be fed or have a place to sleep. So they were fed. You saw the sandwiches. <laughs> it was food. That's true. That's true. You really feel better for the Fire Festival kids than the crypto investors? I still don't know
4: what crypto is, so I can't yeah. offer comment on that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they're uh, in their own little cult, but uh, uh-huh. no, I'm going to say, I think, I think Fire
2: Festival is actually bigger, I think. I'm going to break the tie. Fire. I got to say, Fire Festival. There
1: were
4: two
2: documentaries on it. It's a big deal. Two documentaries. But that, because there were documentaries on it. Yeah. All right, so Firefest Fest takes the first game. <laughs> Next up, we have Theranos versus Elon Musk's subway for cars. Elizabeth Holmes swindled investors from billions. Elon Musk is just tunnels. Tunnels with mouth that doesn't make sense. Adam, I'll start with you. I've been on this show before. You you know my feelings about Elon Mm -hmm, Musk. mm
1: -hmm. Therano's very funny and very bad. Big scam. People lost money. But but Elon Musk Subway for cars, people still believe it today. (laughs) There are mayors who are saying, Elon, I'll give you a billion dollars if you build one for me here in Boise or whatever. So I got to say, it's worked much better. So it's... uh,
2: It's ongoing. It's an ongoing scam. Yeah, you could go fucking ride one in Vegas, I think, at this point. Cool. And it's shitty. shitty. (laughs) Sam, what do you think?
4: I'm going to go ahead and say here I feel for uh, Theranos woman. Mm -hmm. Because, did y'all see the text that she would send to her boyfriend, who was also in Theranos? And she'd be like, you're my moon, my stars, I love you, we're gonna take over the world. And then the next day, right back, yeah, cool.
2: (laughs) I feel for her, so she can't lose. She has to advance. All right, we're going to I'm going to give you that one. We're going to go Theranos oh. is going to advance that one because <laughs> oh, because, 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 because she, you you think it's a reward for her to do well in the bracket. I think she's <laughs> listening and I think she knows. I first of all, I met her and she was very charismatic and I also believed her. But the uh, Did she use the voice though? Oh, yes. But the thing that these two stories have in common actually is the blood test that Theranos wanted to do doesn't make sense because blood is too variable. You simply cannot get that. That amount of information isn't contained in a drop of blood. You must have more blood to get the information. And the Elon Musk... Okay, vampire. The Elon... Yeah, you must have more you blood. Have more tasty, tasty, delicious virgin blood in the night. But the Elon Musk tunnel is fantastic because it's like hey, man, you know, tunnels aren't just about tunnels. Cars have to get in and out of those things. And if you want a couple hundred or thousand cars going through that thing every couple minutes, you need vast openings. You know? You know? Vast openings. Mm. Next up, LuLaRoe, as documented in Lula Rich, the pyramid scheme about terrible pants versus credit scores. Sam, I'll start with you. Mine just got good, so I love credit scores. <laughs> Very, uh, You know what? I appreciate this. You're bringing a personal energy a real to these, these head-to-heads.
4: I made some moves. Um, I watched all four parts of Lula Rich. Did a segment on my show about it because I was obsessed. Because, spoiler alert, at the end of the saga of the Lula Roe tights, the leader of the cult, she wants so badly for all of the devotees of the tights cult to be like her and to be like Sisters basically, she starts to tell all of them to get like gastric bypass surgery, and then she says, If you want to do it, I know a guy. And then she gets a kickback when any of the tights people get the gastric bypass. So that is more legendary than any other credit score scam.
2: I've never heard of a gastric bypass pyramid scheme. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, neither. What do you think? It's not
4: cool. I mean, but
2: no, it's not cool. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what LuLaRoe is. It's a pyramid scheme for leggings. Multi-level marketing, officially. (laughs) That's really what it is. It dragged in a lot of people who are like, I know what I'll do for money. I'll infuriate my friends by trying to sell them leggings. Got it. Got it. As opposed to,
1: like, a country-spanning social credit system that, like destroys the lives of like hundreds of millions of people that we're all subject to where the very websites that you use to check the credit scores, half of them are scams (laughs) to the extent that the government had to create Its own site Mm -hmm. called annualcreditreport.com, which is the only one you should use. And you know that because when you go there, it has a big thing that says, this is the only credit site that you should use. The other ones are all scams. Please only use this one because this is the only real
2: one. Uh, Yeah, I think that's the bigger scam. I think it's the bigger scam too. But you're also forgetting, in fairness to them, They've also had terrible data hygiene and been entrusted with vast quantities of it while not oh, yeah. successfully protecting it.
1: Oh, yeah. We oh, have yeah. to
2: use them, but and we're not, we're not actually their customers, and yet we're forced to engage with these companies yeah. that have sold our privacy away, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, we're giving it to the credit score. Yeah. We're okay. giving it to the credit I'm score. I'm going
4: with that. It's okay.
2: We're going with the credit scores. Next up, we have Sean King, Social Justice Sweatshirts versus Samir Rao, Aussie's co-founder. So basically, we have a hundred and sixty-five dollars sweatshirt that may or may not be sent, versus a completely manufactured media company uh, in which someone did a fake voice on a call to pretend they were from. Can YouTube. I ask
1: why Samir Rao versus anybody else at, at Carlos Ozzy. Watson's the or real Ozzy. scammer, right? He's the real yeah, I
2: thought he star. was the guy. It's a good note. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was the one who did the voice. He was the one who did the voice. Oh, he did the fake voice. He went on, he went on the Goldman Sachs call and said,
4: YouTube loves these guys.
2: They can't, I am from YouTube. I don't know why that's... I'm from YouTube and I love these guys. Ozzy. Uh, everybody loves Ozzy videos. You can't get enough of this Ozzy content. Carlos Watson, huge fucking Where is he star. from? This I don't know. We need an answer, fellas.
1: I got to say Ozzy uh, because that's the only one that was advertised to me on like bus benches in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah. Where Carlos... Carlos Watson would just be like, Carlos Watson knows what's happening. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then it turned out nobody. He was nobody. nobody. He just put himself on bus benches.
2: I think it's a cool example, too, of like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm sure their PowerPoint's cool. Have you seen anything they've ever done anywhere? No. I get it if you can fall for a scam like that's like a software scam or your theranosis or what have you. But like one way a media company exists and proves it successful is by existing in the world that you see with yeah, your eyeballs. At least you, know? you could get a free copy
1: of Vice at a dive bar on the Lower East Side. You Absolute, know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, at least
2: I've held one in
4: my hands. You good with Ozzy? I'm not mad with them taking all those investors' money because they have <laughs> money to burn. Yeah, that's true. I am perpetually intrigued with Sean Kane because he's actually a real scammer like through and through. And like every few months, parts of the internet wonder aloud if he's black or not. And that's funny to me. <laughs> That's just part of it. That's
2: part of it. All right, we're giving it to Ozzy because they were on park benches in L.A. Next up, we have Adam Newman and WeWork versus Jamie Spears and his conservatorship. Uh, WeWork turned a uh, a room and desk rental system into a fake revolutionary, future-shaking fake business. And Jamie Spears was like, "Uh, nah, I got to take your money. Uh, You're going to buy too many cars, you know?
1: I'm gonna say we've already got a couple ones up here where the main victims were people who were already incredibly wealthy, like mm-hmm. the people who invest in Theranos and Ozzy and all those sorts of things. So the WeWork one would just be another one of those, like the Jamie Spears because he's fucking over his own daughter. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, poor lady. And she's rich, too, but, you know, she doesn't get any of the money, and, you know, we're all—and also it's indicative of a broader problem that isn't currently represented on the board.
2: I I think that's a good argument. Also, uh, Sam, curious what you think about the level of brazenness this requires. He was—I think maybe still, or until he left the conservatorship, he was paying the crisis communicators messaging why he took over his daughter's fortune— using the money he was taking from the conservatorship. So when she was trying to get out of it, he used the money to hire PR people and lawyers to Uh. message what was going on with her trying to stop her father from doing this. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's the worst thing ever. (laughs) And, yeah. Jamie Spears takes it. Next up, Facebook's fake... Pivot to video in which they uh, manipulated the data and lied to companies that then decided to follow what Facebook was saying only to later be told that it was entirely fictional and causing them to shudder and close all kinds of jobs versus Wells Fargo making checking accounts and credit cards no one asked for or wanted to goose their numbers then blaming the low-level people instead of taking responsibility at the highest level. Wells Fargo versus Facebook. They did my mom wells fargo got my mom and my brother
4: found it it's fine she's all right uh but like fuck them fuck them yeah what do you think i know where
2: you are
1: i i have personal stories about both of these let's hear it the first one is about wells fargo a couple years ago my agent emails me say hey you want to audition for this voiceover for wells fargo and the ad was we at wells fargo understand we made a mistake <laughs> did you say no I said, there's no fucking world in which I could punch. I was like, do you know what I do? Like, I can't. Not in a million years. I hope the person who did it made a lot of money so that's the other one no uh not
2: in a million uh, years for that much is what i would say
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah 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 and then it turned out they only offered me No, no facebook's you know why because facebook's pivot to video killed college humor the website that i used to work at and many other websites i remember being i was in my office uh in the workplace we published videos on our own website we published videos on youtube we made money there uh, I remember the day my boss said to me, you got to see these numbers we're getting on Facebook. we got to start posting more videos on Facebook. Start posting everything on Facebook. No way to monetize. Found out, you know, five years later, the company's basically gone, and we find out that they just made up all the view numbers. They just made up the view numbers. So that's that was personal to me. They, they honestly did fuck over. There's no longer an internet comedy industry. There once was one. Yeah. I mean, unless you call this comedy, which I don't, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I just this, got it. This man, is Whoa, doing what's okay. going on? I,
2: I want you all to know something. <laughs> I saw that. That was like a slow motion. I f- <laughs> like a cake falling. I saw it, I saw him moving towards it, like a like a raptor in Jurassic Park. And I was looking straight ahead, but he came at me from the side. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you think? You, Wells Fargo or Facebook? I mean, Wells Fargo's the worst. Wells Fargo's the worst. We're going with Wells. Corporate Fargo. banks are the worst. Credit Union. Uh, it did hurt many more people. You know. Next up, You know. credit union, yeah. Right? There we go. Kim we'll Kardashian and Pete Davidson holding hands on a roller coaster versus, <laughs> and this is a tough one, the way Chipotle scoops guacamole into the little cup. We see how they put so much air in that cup. They put a spoon in, then they put a spoon on top, then they smooth the top, and they leave so Who much air. Who added that? Who added that?
4: that that's not grift.
2: That is a grift. No,
4: because if you see it once and you don't like it, get your guac somewhere else, I'm not, bro. It's Southern not California. The... <laughs> it's not a grift.
2: It is a grift. If you think it's if a grift, If they grip, wanted to hand. give us less guacamole, your, they're suggesting hand. it's this size, but the actual amount they're giving could fit in a smaller cup, but they don't want to do so that. So you
1: want the underpaid farmers in Mexico to oh. have to make more avocados and get as the cartels so that you can get all your precious, ooh, I want my good fats. Like, <laughs> fuck you. You, don't, you shouldn't even have any guacamole, okay? Chipotle you life don't hack. You not need it.
4: Chipotle life hack. If you're just getting chips and guac, you can skip the line. And everyone's mad at you. And you're like, I don't fucking care.
1: Wait, what's the scam with. But yeah, what is. Why, why what is, is Kim K and, and Pete a scam? I, you,
2: you just don't buy it? I don't buy it. I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't buy but it. Here's the I thing. think it's. I don't what's buy it. To
1: buy? I don't they buy it. They were on a roller coaster. It. They are screaming at him. Come on. on,
2: on. What, are they, what are they talking about? What are they talking about while waiting for the photo? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think they neutralize each other.
4: She ruins every person she's with. He kind of ruins every person he's with. So they might last forever, not a grift.
2: Well, I guess then either one that you choose will be easy to defeat in the second round. <laughs> what? I'm gonna move okay. on despite the attacks. Let's Chipotle wins my fucking show. Go for it. it. Go Chipotle. for it. Next up, <laughs> we have college <laughs> versus the Olympics. Sam, you kick us off. College or the Olympics? What's a bigger scam? I covered an Olympics. The
4: Sochi ones. 2014? And yo, it's a scam. (laughs) So this Winter Olympics was like on the sea. Like it was a beach climate. There was a beach resort. And all of the housing they build for the athletes and the journalists, it is like tenement housing. And after it's done, you just leave and it falls to shit. And it's just bad. And everyone cheats. And Russia is always doping. And like, ugh, biggest grift, biggest scam in the Olympics.
2: End them. Counterpoint: What do you get when you get a general studies major? You know what I mean?
1: I don't know, man. You fucking learn something. I don't know. Like, what do you? what It's up to you if you don't want to go to class. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. I think I find uh, college at least. There's bad colleges. College debt is a scam. Your bracket does not say college debt, all right? Yeah. But the actual action of going to college, learning, bettering oneself, you know, under, understanding the world around us, education and being the most important thing we can do for ourselves and as a society, very important. The Olympics, I watch the Olympics. Yeah. I love sports. So we fun. We genuinely... Do not need them. <gasps> every single one of these sports has a, world championship, a world championship. Every year. That's every better, year. Less you corrupt. could be watching the fucking sprinters. You could be watching the hundred meter sprint. You could be watching yes, the shit, girls all around every year. They don't put it on TV. You could just watch a shit. You we don't have to all go to Sochi or wherever the fuck and build all you're the having. shit. They're just doing it. You can just they're just they're fucking doing it at like University of Oregon next year. Just like fly to fucking Eugene. It's a
2: hundred dollar flight. All right, it goes from Burbank. It's so fast. Oh, it's nice if you fly from Burbank. I like it when a city builds a stadium to be used once. I think single-use stadiums are a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's we're It's like a big Legos. Yeah, you know, you build a, it and then you're like, now what? It's like. One giant soccer game, then occasional small local dog festivals. For the when next I was in Sochi years.
4: that year, it, it's like on the water, so it wasn't cold enough. They had snow machines the whole time. Yeah, in Russia, they could have just gone north. It's a scam. It's, it's a, a scam. Grit. The Olympics
2: takes this one. All right, we got We're gonna yeah. cruise. We've now we've analyzed each of them. Now it's time for the elite eight of scams. Fire Festival versus Theranos. What do you think? Th-
1: Theranos. Ther- Theranos. Giving it, it to
2: Theranos. I don't know. It's going to Theranos. But
4: I see at Ja, I just love him and I want him to win.
2: <laughs> That's not how this, this works. Is losing. No, this is better. This is the I like the best. Credit <laughs> scores versus Ozzy. <laughs> You're not supposed to root for the scams. Credit
4: scores. We're getting it to credit scores. scores. It's credit not even scores. close. Credit scores. All right.
2: Then we got Jamie Spears. Versus Wells Fargo. That is Wells, a tough fight. Wells
4: Fargo is the worst. Wells Fargo is the worst. Wells
2: Fargo. Wells Fargo's Fargo, Fargo's Wells Fargo. Wells they mom. takes it. All right. Not going to be our toughest competition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Make your a, own guac, bro. Look, here's the thing. The Make bu- your own guac. The Bucknell of the bracket, Chipotle guacamole versus Duke the olympics <laughs> Make your own we're giving it to the olympics we're giving it to the olympics yeah, uh, yeah, but you know what it. i mean about how they scoop that no fucking one guac
3: knows what you, mean. you know what
2: real people do wow you coastal fucking jerks don't know how much the real people are dealing with the guacamole issue all right and by the way sometimes if you don't get it in the cup and they scoop it on top of your burrito bowl it's incredibly variable how much you're going to you know, get. You know, they've had multiple E. coli outbreaks. I know. I, I will tell you about a scam me. I pulled, which is that after the E. coli scare, they'll just give you a Chipotle. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. You're in
4: Southern California. You bet. Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And you're getting burritos and guac at Chipotle? This is
1: my now, question.
4: Now, come on now. Now, come on now. That's the grift. That's the scam. God damn there it. Here we go. Uh, let me shake your hand. Thank you, That's so. correct. Chipotle. Give me a break with that. Chipotle. Here's
2: the thing.
0: You got What's any problems thing? with What's Subway? What do you want to do?
2: Sometimes I don't want great tacos. Sometimes what I want is Chipotle. I don't think of those as the same things. In the same way that I don't consider do you want to go get a burger never leads me to McDonald's. I go to McDonald's when I want McDonald's. Get
4: a McDonald's cut backstage. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! What is happening? You know I saw it, bro. Yeah.
4: The point is. (laughs) What is the the, point? The point is. All right, Guac. Final four.
2: Theranos versus Credit Scores. Credit Scores. Can I motion for
4: Jaw again? I want to win. No, Jaw's out.
2: Jaw is out. All right. Credit Scores takes it. And then Wells Fargo versus the Olympics. Olympics. It's tough. That's a tough fight. Olympics. Olympics versus Wells Fargo? No. Wells Fargo almost brought I down the global financial Wells Fargo has ruined more lives
4: than the Olympics. Wells no, you're ruined right. The,
1: the impact Fargo's is worse on
2: the people. Wow. Wow. Look at this. This is a tough, tough, what do you call the final two? Finals. Championship. <laughs> fin- <laughs> the finals. The sports uh, the, ball. The final match. It is credit scores versus Wells Fargo. I would say that is a... Um, no. The question uh, th- is, <laughs> which
4: one would go away if the other wasn't there?
2: That's right. Well, it's Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster in a lot of ways. Banks yeah. can't
4: exist without credit scores.
2: Yeah, but Wells Fargo is one bank. Credit
1: scores is like the system
2: so, that all the banks yeah. got together to build yeah, the fuck us all. Right. Credit scores are the Borg, you know? They'll yeah. absorb yeah. us into their collective. Yeah. Wow, the biggest grip of scores. them all, defeating Jamie Spears, Theranos, Ozzy, the greatest scam. Also defeating the other great scam in our society, Chipotle guacamole (laughs) announced. The greatest scam
4: scam is living in Southern California and giving a shit about Chipotle guacamole.
2: (laughs) Credit scores are their winner. Thank you so much to Sam Sanders and Adam Conover. They'll be back for hot takes. We'll be right back. That was awesome. That was great. And we're back. I have some terrible news. It's that time of the year again, time for the clocker fuck, the cluster clock, the old circadian switcheroo, (laughs) the return of standard time, and the end of daylight saving time. Joining me now to take a stand against this obscene practice for dorks and maniacs is the man behind Lock the Clocks and internet crank for justice, Scott Yates. Hi, Scott. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Scott, what is wrong with us that we care so much about this issue? Nothing's wrong with this. It's a killer. It's
0: annoying for everybody, and for some people, it's really deadly.
2: And how close do you think we are right now to getting something done in Congress? Uh,
0: you know you know Washington a lot better than I do. But, That's true. Uh, I'm I, an expert. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, you know, I started this eight years ago, and there was nothing. There were no federal bills. There were no state bills. Nothing. We've had 20 states that have now passed something, a resolution or a law saying we want to go into permanent daylight time or something like that. So we've had 20 states. We've had another 20 states that have considered it. We didn't used to have any federal bills. Now we have two federal bills that have lots of co-sponsors. And this crazy bipartisan thing where Ed Markey and Marco Rubio Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. agree on something, like that never happens. Yeah, I mean, I think—and Patty
2: Murray as well. She gave a speech today about it. So— one reason I like this issue and care about this issue is there's a lot of issues that are ideological or that involve like hard sacrifices or questions about the budget, about where our priorities are, but this isn't one of them. Right. This doesn't cost anything, really. It's just a question of what we want. Like how do we want our days to be? Are we willing to look at evidence and allow it to change our practices?
0: I agree with you 100%, and it's also just good government. right? Like, If somebody snuck into your house and moved your alarm clock so that it woke you up an hour earlier than your body was expecting. You'd be so mad at that so person. Mad. And yet the government does it, you know, every year. <laughs> and we just are like, uh, yeah, okay, the farmers, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, the thing that this is for farmers is a myth, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's a myth that was created actually on purpose. Uh, there was actually a retailer in Boston that wanted to have more time in the sun after work for people to shop. And he said look, if I go out and I say we should need more time for people to shop, nobody's going to go for it. But if we say the farmers want it, then maybe they'll go for it. And so it was a big PR con job all the way through. So now one issue
2: underneath this, right, there is money at stake. I think the reason you see someone like Marco Rubio getting behind this is Florida is a tourism state. They want people to stay out late, go to restaurants, go to the parks, be outside. But one of the hangups has often been that New York, home to the TV industry, Right. Isn't interested in us having later daylight because they want us at home
0: watching our fucking boob tubes. Yeah, they don't want you outside having fun being on a bike or being out. Yeah, they want you... On a screen. Especially the live sports people, right? Like, because that's the stuff that's the most time. You know, the game starts at 6 o'clock, whatever the time zone is. And so they want you inside watching that. So they want it dark. They want you at home watching sports. Right. Sports ball.
2: Now... Uh, the proposal that Rubio Markey and I believe Patty Murray endorses for permanent daylight saving time nationwide. As you know, I am not for that. Right. And I want you to talk so my proposed solution, which I'm also gonna we're gonna try to talk to Patty Murray about. I'm gonna try to talk to Ed Markey about it again, is right now states have two options. They can choose permanent standard time, which is what Arizona does, uh, and also Port- Hawaii, uh, Hawaii and, and Puerto Rico. And, and Puerto Rico. Uh, or they can choose to switch between daylight saving time and standard time uh, around now. There's no third option, which is permanent daylight saving time. Correct. My view is, don't make all states switch together because, as Adam pointed out earlier, there are some states that that's not really great for because... While it is, I think, good for a lot of places like California and Massachusetts to have more daylight in the evening, especially in the winter when in places like Maine and Massachusetts the sun will set at 4 o'clock, 345, there are states on the western edge or northern parts of time zones where if they are in daylight savings time year-round, then all of a sudden they're having super late sunsets in the summer and super uh, late sunrises in the winter. And together that really screws with their sleep cycles as well.
0: Right. You know, I wrote a blog post about celebrities that have taken a stand on daylight saving time and you were the you were at the top of the list. And, Say and no more. And you're You you're, had me at celebrity. And, you, <laughs> and your view is the most nuanced of all the celebrities, which is great. Um, yeah. and and you're not wrong and if your solution were to happen, I'd be totally in favor and of being that. the most nuanced of celebrities like having the best pizza in Boston, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with your solution is this. If states can start to do whatever they want, switch, permanent daylight time, permanent standard time, then you get into this real patchwork thing, and you also get into a situation where they can change whenever they want to. No, 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 no. That's not, no, because that's not right. So (laughs) I agree.
2: We do not want a patchwork. The reason we have the Uniform Time Act of 1966, which is an update on on the previous changes to the time zones, is you don't want a patchwork. You don't want to have it be every three days as a different time. You don't know where a time it is anywhere. Right. what I'm talking about is basically a period of time where states basically decide. A lot of states already have passed measures in their state legislatures that say, if Congress gives us the ability, we switch to permanent daylight saving time. We give states a year and we basically say, hey, this is your period, please choose. Standard time, permanent daylight saving time, or the continued inane, deadly, stupid as fuck, mind warping, dog freaking out of switcheroo. And then once everyone's decided, really then what we're talking about is just two different time zone maps, one during daylight saving time and one during permanent time, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think the idea of allowing states to do something that continues to kill people, right, the switch, that's the thing that's really deadly. I think that the proper role of federal government is to say, look, no more switching the clocks. And you've got one or two years, whatever the time period is, to say, you've got to figure out what time zone you want to be in. It's a tricky question. So that's so that, but, but I do think that points to kind of
2: two potential outcomes. One is which are both different than what Rubio and Markey have proposed. Rubio and Marky have just said permanent Correct. Uh, daylight saving time across the country. I think that's bad policy. But I am very open to one of two compromises, one in which people have three options, and they can continue to do the switch, so some states may not change anything. Because there are a few places in the country where based on how winter is and how summer is, it's not the, other than the switch, which obviously is a problem, it is good in their kind of sweet spot to continue to switch to maximize midday light.
0: You would think so, and I've gone to those states. Like I testified in Kansas, I testified in Nebraska. And I said to the people of Nebraska and Kansas, I said, look, you guys are on the far western edge of your time zone. Part of your state is split off into the mountain time zone. Why don't you think about just going to standard time? You could do that right now and you would solve the problem and you wouldn't have those really late sunrises in the winter. And they said, look, all my constituents tell me all the time, we want the permanent daylight time. We already are going to school and work in the dark in the winter. We don't really care about that. It'd be nice to have a little bit more sunlight after school. The kids have a little more time to play. That's the solution that we want. So that's what we want to do.
2: I think that's, I think that's, so basically that's basically saying that even places that might technically based on some data benefit
0: from the switch, they still don't want it. Correct.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I advocated for that. Uh, you know, I I went to him and I said you should think about standard time, and they're like, no, 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 we don't. And so it may be that they go through a winter of being in daylight time, and be like, okay, you know what, Uncle, you know, maybe that was right. That is a real possibility, right? Because the,
2: if we go to permanent daylight saving time, there may be parts of the country that are very upset with us, because <laughs> they're like, it's so fucking dark. Yeah. Uh, now. Scott is such an expert in time. He actually wrote us a lightning round about daylight saving time, which I will now pose to you, our audience. I want to know that these questions, this is what the research suggests, but love it or leave it, is not able to independently verify these claims, all right? These are Scott's claims, all right? And we'll go to him to uh, elucidate any data that we're not certain about, okay? You will have to answer true or false. Would somebody out there like to play the game? Hi, what's your name?
0: Hi, I'm Katie.
2: Hi, Katie. Are you ready for the lightning round? All right. This is These are questions about the actual harm of daylight saving time and the switch that Scott has provided. Are you ready?
0: While we were waiting for the show, I read the New York Times article on this. I am so ready.
2: Wow. <laughs> All right. That's fantastic. Clock changing makes people worse at video games.
0: True. That's true.
2: Really? Yeah, you, you rob an hour of sleep from somebody. They, they lose their fast twitch muscle, muscle fibers. Clock changing makes judges give harsher prison sentences.
0: Oh, that's definitely true. Wow, really? Yeah, that is true. God. I, I, the, the thing I love about that one is if you asked any individual judge if he gave harsher sentences, he or she gave harsher sentences because they lost an hour of sleep, they'd say, no, of course not. But when you look at all of the numbers, they do. Wow. They also give harsher sentences right before lunch. I knew the lunch thing is really, yeah, they got, you got to get a
2: judge on a full stomach and a good night's sleep. Otherwise, you're fucked. <laughs> Clock changing makes a rich woman beg and a good woman steal. True or false? False? That's false. It's from John Cougar. Uh. Standard time means more animals get killed by cars.
0: Oh god, that's definitely true. It
2: is. It's true. It does. Clock changing makes doctors and nurses make more medical errors. True. Same yep. issue. God. Standard time means less bike riding. True. Can't bike at night. It's too dark. Right. I tried biking in this city after dark. It's like um Taking your life in your hands.
0: Yes. That's biking they, they in this hate city at any time.
2: Yeah, it's true. People ha- aim for you. <laughs> DST makes it impossible to understand the film Tenet.
0: It was possible to understand the film Tenet anyway?
2: Sure. Uh, <laughs> permanent DST is dangerous for school children waiting for the bus
0: true
2: so that is often trotted out as an explanation for why dark in the morning during the winter would be bad but there's is there no evidence for that what's the deal there is
0: no evidence for that washington state studied this extensively as did Massachusetts. there's no evidence that it's any more dangerous for school kids waiting for buses absolutely not it is the thing that's trotted out as the reason that we shouldn't do it if you're interested in pedestrian safety what you want is permanent daylight saving time because with more daylight kids and all pedestrians are safer in the afternoon rush hour Interesting, interesting. Clock changing takes 12 minutes
2: off the average marathon time.
0: True?
2: What? That's true.
0: No, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> the marathons that are run on the Sunday after the spring forward time change. An extra hour sleep.
2: Yeah, it's an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, yeah. hour of sleep. Yeah, we, got a, we got a mouthy runner in the front row. <laughs> uh, uh, researchers don't subject mice to daylight savings time clock changes.
0: True?
2: Yeah, they don't they don't they don't true. The yeah. government does it to us, but they let the rats sleeve in. <laughs> and finally, clock changing helps us understand Kirsten Cinema. <laughs> I'm going to go with false. That's false.
0: Yeah, nothing understands that.
2: You've won the game, Scott Yates. Give it up for our time
0: expert, Lock the Clocks. What's the website? sco.tt/time or just google lock the clock. Lock the clock. Lock the clock. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Before
2: we get to the rest of the show, Love It or Leave It is coming to New York Comedy Festival next week. The show is here, and it is going to be awesome. Join me in a lineup of incredible guests on November 12th at the Beacon Theater. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, head to crooked.com slash events. Also, the holidays are almost here, and we have really awesome stuff in the Crooked store. We have stuff for gifts. <laughs> we really do have cool stuff in the store. Go to crooked.com slash store, and there's really great stuff in there. When we come back, we have a very special guest. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Are you like me and tracking the polls obsessively
1: this election year? Well, Dan Pfeiffer's right there with you, and he's taking them seriously, but not literally. Take an average of the polls.
2: To get access, subscribe to our Friends of the Pod community only at crooked.com slash friends. And we're back. We are currently in our third month of conversation, debate, and quietly sobbing in congressional bathrooms, all in an effort to hammer out the specifics of the Build Back Better plan. I don't know about you all, but I need a break. Joining me now to help us relax with a festive, completely non-political cooking segment, it's Speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi.
3: Hi. Come on up here, Nancy. Hello. I look very surprised all the time. Very surprised all the time. <laughs> hello. Oh, hello, John. Thanks so much for having me. It's, um, it's so good to get out of D.C. and let my hair down. I'm even wearing a slightly different shade of pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really cutting loose. I know I'm not really wearing pantyhose. It's your imagination. It's free. Use it.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad you could be here, Nancy. Now when the show reached out, I assume you wanted to get the word out about the reconciliation bill. See,
3: the lighting is so bad in here, John. <laughs> it's seen better lighting in a Macy's dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Nancy
2: goes <into> <laughs> yeah, Nancy goes to Nancy's a blooming dis hey. <laughs> person.
3: I know a good sale when I see one.
2: Are you here to talk about the reconciliation bill?
3: Oh, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm here to cook. Yes. That's the one thing that always relaxes Nancy. No matter how many people are tweeting at me about the whole, you know, kente cloth moment. I get it, everyone. It was not the right time. Though I ask you, John, is there... When can I wear all my kente cloths? <laughs>
2: probably. Probably never, uh, Madam Speaker. Either way, I'm glad you decided to come here to okay. teach us how to make one of your yes. favorite Thanksgiving dishes.
3: Yes. That's right, John. I'm just like every average grandmother out there.
2: Who's third in line for the presidency? No,
3: I'm, I'm actually second in line because the president is already the president, so he's not in line.
2: Right. Okay. 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 So, <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. That's a good point. Um, okay, great. But you've been in office for over three decades, yes. and you have a freezer just for ice cream.
3: Yes, and a fridge for just uh, embryonic facial serum. But um,
2: embryonic facial serum—that's gross.
3: No, it's a very misleading name. It's just actually—it's just a cleanser. But
2: <laughs> I don't anyway. care. That one was for me. Anyway. <laughs>
3: If you're like me, sometimes you use a mirror to practice putting a thumbtack into the meat of your thigh while maintaining a frozen smile. Jesus. (laughs) Well, the point is, you're busy, and we're we're busy gals. We're busy gals. We're
2: busy gals, (laughs) A couple of busy gals. And and
3: what's easier and faster and more delicious and more American, right? And more American. More American than ambrosia salad. Oh, no. Well, what
2: is... What is ambrosia salad, Nancy Pelosi? well, you've
3: never had ambrosia salad, John. No, I guess not. Oh, why, it's a mixture of classic salad ingredients covered in a subtle dressing, pure sour cream. (laughs) I have the recipe written down right here so I don't forget any of the steps, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So you start by adding a bag of mini marshmallows. Uh, You do that, and you just add them, you add them, (laughs) and they go into the bowl along with some shredded delicious coconut flakes. Yikes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now let me just check this recipe. Hold on. Oh, Jesus. What's what's wrong, Nancy? Fuck me. Fuck me. (laughs) Well, it looks like someone Um. scratched out. Coconut and oh. wrote, hate these won't eat. Maybe chocolate chips. Sincerely, Joe Mansion. <laughs> well, that's fine, John. That's fine. That's fine. That's not a problem. We'll just pick out the flakes, just one by one. We'll just get the flakes out. We'll just pick out the flakes, just one we'll by one. Just get okay? We'll just
2: get them out just of there. Out like, of okay. There. Okay.
3: It's perfect. It's just this is going to be perfect for a congressional potluck or perhaps a funeral. For the middle
2: class? (laughs) All right. Come on, Nancy. Just because Joe Manchin doesn't like something doesn't mean you have to change everything.
3: Oh, you think so, John?
2: (laughs) Maybe you could leave some of the coconut in there.
3: Okay. Yeah, you're right, John. Just a little coconut seems more than reasonable. And if Joe Manchin doesn't like it, he can kiss my grits
2: kiss my grits. Your district is in San Francisco. Yeah.
3: Okay. Next step. Add the mandarin oranges. Here we go. This is
2: ambrosia salad. It's weird.
3: <laughs> it's, it's mandarin oranges. You just mix it up in the bowl. Okay. okay. So Wait wait a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Nancy sees something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nancy I'm sees sorry. something. This is and my
3: first live show in a very long time.
2: And, you're, and it's we're having fun.
3: <laughs> a very long time. How great. I mean my... <laughs> Most of the people I work with are half-dead, so this is a right. live show. It's okay. a live show. Okay. you Nancy Pelosi. Uh, yes. Okay, We're so someone has ferocious. crossed that out, too, and written, Ew, why are these oranges wet? <laughs> Disgusting. How about pecans? Yours, the problem solvers. Oh. More like the problem creators. <laughs> creators. <laughs> Fuck. It's okay. Moderate caucus in the uh, Jen, house. Just yep. help me pick out the yep. oranges. All right, we'll get the oranges out. out of okay, here. Okay, we, okay, go. we got to the go. get the oranges <laughs> so out of Get the oranges, get the oranges out of here.
2: <laughs> Hit this one guy. <laughs> 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 so,
3: <laughs>
2: Jesus. All right. But menace, who cares if people think oranges aren't good.
3: Well, who cares? I have to care, John. It's yeah. a metaphor. And I, and it and it has to, everyone has to like it, John. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's
2: fair, but maybe there's a good reason they're being picky. Maybe they're allergic or something. No. No. They're
3: not no. No. No, they're not, John. They're specifically told me in several closed-door meetings over the summer that they would eat Ambrosia salad. Everyone was all in. An ambrosia salad. Okay,
2: okay, well, let's just maybe relax and finish this recipe, (laughs) since I feel like it's just stressing you out more, and that's, you know, not what this was about, you know?
3: Okay, well, I have never been more relaxed. In my, in my whole life, John. And I absolutely love being in charge of complicated recipes that, that even the people making it seem to hate. Yeah. Uh-huh. I absolutely don't want to give up and just eat the dog food that the Republicans keep bringing to the potluck. No, I don't. No, Do they really
2: bring that. dog food to the potluck?
3: Yes. no. They, well, they, they, they cross out dog and, and write people food on the bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> But no one falls for it. Oh, really? No, except Louis Gohmert, who (laughs) fell for it a couple times. But I don't know why. I mean, he brought the bag. (laughs) He brought the bag? Yeah, he brought the bag. And everyone acts like it's my fault because I just can't please all these people. Yeah. And I seem out of touch. And I don't understand things or how to be cool on Snapchat or or these new teak things I don't I get it I think it's
2: pronounced tech okay, I think whatever. you mean tech I don't things. even care I don't even
3: care what we make right now I just I just want to make something You think I like ambrosia salad John
2: Uh I don't know I mean I guess we have to add Oh
3: You think I eat marshmallows with sour cream I'm an 81 year old woman who works 16 hours a day John mm-hmm. a day but my diet does allow me to watch British baking show all the british baking show that i want but no i know but dems from california and connecticut want a special tax cut for rich people yes they do get it in the recipe nancy they say get it in the recipe kirsten cinema's pissed for an activist following her into the restroom at a chico's in scottsdale (laughs) change the recipe nancy oh nancy new jersey's a swing state did you know that oh no did you know that Probably should have cooked faster, Nancy. You know what I say? You know what I say? What do you I say? I say, kiss my grits. <laughs> oh
2: my, kiss my grits. You are an Italian American from yes. Baltimore. No, I know,
3: that's goddamn right. And you'll eat this Midwestern pig slop the way
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. gonna eat it
3: the way the way that Chuck Schumer eats an extra Snickers when he gets lucky at the vending machine. Fast. Messy and with tears of fucking gratitude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'll eat the ambrosia salad. Okay, I'll eat the ambrosia and salad. And that is the way that it is done, John. <laughs> I'll
2: do it. We'll do it. We'll eat the ambrosia salad. Okay. Nancy Pelosi,
1: no, everybody. I,
3: listen, I'll tell you something. <laughs> Okay. I'm going crazy. I am the hero that Twitter deserves. Okay? <laughs> I am. And you, if it's not me, it's Feinstein. She's eight years older than me. She could have been my babysitter. Okay, that's all. Nancy
2: Pelosi, everybody. Diane Feinstein could have been her babysitter. When we come back, hot takes. And we're back. Welcome back to the stage. Our wonderful guests, Sam Sanders, Adam Conover, and Michaela Watkins. Now it's time for hot takes. You know how it works. We have never seen these takes. We will have to defend them. For We have a timer, one minute? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right, let's see the first so hot take. So we defend take. the take. We have to defend the take. Children under the age of five should not be allowed to fly. This has been assigned to me. Children under the age of five should not be allowed to fly. I'll tell you why. There's been a lot of talk about who's unvaccinated in this country, all right, and who, who is vaccinated in this country. But you know what group has gotten zero vaccines? A group of anti-vaxxers called zero- to four-year-olds. <laughs> these people are relying on all the rest of us to do what Fauci says and have immunity. And by the way, these little shits, they are terrible with masks. Terrible at wearing masks. They're always under the nose. They're always crying. What is this? I don't understand. Germ theory. <laughs> What's next?
4: Oh my god!
2: Janet deserves the blame. Me Justin me is innocent. It has been assigned to Sam. Janet deserves the blame. Justin is nope, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. You have one minute. Thank Get to the Okay. You. Okay. That's your view. Okay.
4: Well, start tar, tar the clock. I'm going to just use this minute to actually argue that, the, that Janet is the best Jackson. Better than Michael. Hear me out. She's a more versatile mm-hmm. artist. Her albums covered more genres, more types of music. She got Grammy nominations in five different types of categories of music. She did more different choreography. She was all over the place. People are still doing what Janet was doing Stop years ago. Stop the clock until he starts I'm gonna, doing I'm the not going to rant. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about Janet Jackson. I can't do can't, it. can't do it. He won't do Give me do a new it. one.
2: There's no, I am the host. This is what was assigned. All right, start it again.
4: Start it again. I'll, I'll try. Start you it you again. I'll it try. To, let's hear it. Let's okay. hear it. Um, you know what, "Senorita" is a great Justin Timberlake song. <laughs> um, he's probably the best singer of NSYNC. Probably. If you, no, J. C. Chazé was quite, quite nice.
2: This fucking sucks, bro. I didn't know who... I When I was a kid, I did not know who to have a crush on in sync. You know what I mean? Well, Kevin it, from the Backstreet Boys. Well, it was more... Well, sure. That but, was the one. But it was... Um, the JC of it all was We've very hard to sort through. It was very hard to deal with. Because obviously there was Justin, kind of the... Drawing the most attention, drawing the most light, drawing the most gravity. But then there's JC. Does that
4: work for me? JC's first solo album was great. Schizophrenic. It's a classic. Anyway, the
2: point is, Janet knew what she was doing. All right. <laughs> the, no! The Justice for Janet. The Penguin, Simon, and Schuster publishing merger is a good thing that definitely violates zero laws and won't hurt the industry at all. Adam Conover. These, these
1: are tailored for us specifically. Apparently. I as, a, I, as a famous antitrust crusader... How could I possibly make an argument? Look! Okay. Yeah. Start the clock. I'll fucking do it. I'll show you how it's done. All right. Go ahead. All right. You love Harry Potter. You love Malcolm Gladwell. You love Harold and the Purple Crayon. Wouldn't it be great if they could all hang out, not right? Books and, make, and make a and make a literary universe. Wouldn't that be fun? Wow, Harold learns about outliers or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> it would be it would be great. Uh, let's wh- why don't we turn these into media properties? You know what I mean? Like let's just franchise them. Like if, if synergies can happen synergies. when you bring words together and just mush them all ar- up all around and mess it and like that. You know what I mean? Uh, and when the t- when you only have one or two people deciding what gets published, well, those one or two people probably get
2: pretty smart, right?
0: Great. <laughs> if they make did all it. the
2: decisions. You did it. That's one minute. That's one minute. What's up next for Michaela? I am nervous. $65,000 is the right amount of money wow. per year to pay for high school. Jesus.
3: Oh, well, I did go to public school, so this is very... Um Yeah, I guess it's tailor-made for me. What? (laughs) Um, All right, oh, we're starting the clock. Okay, yeah, you know what? Education is not free.
2: (laughs) Education is not free.
3: Do you know what's free? I'll tell you what's free. Being dumb, that's free. (laughs) YouTube, free. QAnon, free. You know what's not free? Calculus. You know why? I don't know. I failed it, because I went to public school. I guarantee if my parents were paying for calculus, I'd show up. But I didn't, because I liked pot. Give me incentive. Give me a reason to show up. Give me a reason to set an alarm. Give me a reason to not make mixtapes all night. Give me a reason.
2: Yes.
3: Yes. That's one
0: minute.
2: Heaven forfend what's next. You know, I don't know what's next. I'm excited for in-person Black Friday shopping. Wait, there's another round? There's there's another round. Don't worry, you're good, you're good. We got you. I am very excited for in-person Black Friday shopping because here's why. I think a lot of our consumer culture, the kind of pointy, metallic, knife-like qualities are often covered with a kind of a soft cotton layer of marketing and delusion and denial and uh, cultural expectations. What's great about Black Friday in-person shopping is in the scrum, in the race to get the, the cheap TV, the one that they have, all of that cotton kind of breaks away. And all that's left is the gnashing teeth of our enterprise, of people who want more than what their income will allow them to have because we live in a culture that tells everyone to want totally and fully and to indulge at all times while also being told that our failures to save and our failures to diet and our failure to hold back with our bare hands a river of fucking marketing and expectations and shit is our own personal uh, We're not trying hard enough. We're not strong enough. We don't have the discipline. And I think when I am stepping on the arm of an old woman, <laughs> desperately trying to get the three OLED versions of a Nintendo Switch that are available in all of Southern California, and she screams in pain, and I say, shut the fuck up, you old crone. <laughs> I want to play Zelda on an airplane in crystal fucking clear blacks. That's when I think that that's our American system uh, revealed in its purest essence. Wow. And that's why I'm excited Brian? about Black Friday shopping. What's next? Brian, be nice to me. Santa, Santa Con, Con is, is great. great from oh. Adam.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course Santa Con's great. Who doesn't love getting so drunk that you throw up on your own Santa costume in the middle of the street in New York City when other people are just trying to get to their goddamn open mic, you know? <laughs> like, hey, frankly, people shouldn't be trying to do stand-up comedy open mics in New York City. Um, <laughs> we, the, uh, it's not a good life to be a stand-up comedian. It's not something to be aspiring to. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we should shut down three entire city blocks for an entire day in the middle of December so that an entire community of starving artists can't do the thing that they uh, are paying $2,000 a month to live in a railroad apartment to do. Uh, I don't, that's my argument. Do people <laughs> yeah. do people remember SantaCon? Because I barely do. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it was good. All right, I'm, I have 10 You've seconds done left. It.
2: I think you're right, and I think it's good when people... Hide themselves in the costume of a fantastical North Pole god and pretend the city is, is, belongs to them. I think that's great while being yeah. blackout drunk. Uh, what do we have next? Hot people are better people, Michaela. That's an easy one.
3: Yeah. Listen.
2: <laughs> She's walking down the stairs.
3: I wasn't always this gorgeous. Once I was asked. Are you a girl at a roller skating park? <laughs> you want to know something else? I used to hurt worms. <laughs> but I'm different now. I'm quite beautiful. I stop traffic with my gorgeousness. Definitely. Greece. and And I give to various charities of my choosing. You see, 18 seconds, being hot, <laughs> it's not just something you are. It's a job. And you gotta take it seriously. And if you're just hot and shitty, well, you're just a waste of hotness. So, you know, go ahead, be gorgeous, but own it. Be a good person.
2: Yes. What do we got next? How many? How many... No, we know already that did, that did that one. We're out. Are we out? I'm gonna give you one. Here's what you're gonna defend <clears throat> Munger Hall, the windowless dorm they're planning to build at Santa Barbara. Uh, You think
4: it's great? No, I think you fucking signed up for the scam that is UCSB. Go ahead. (laughs) Go the fuck ahead. Let me tell you what you could do. Go to the college nearest to your motherfucking mama's house and commute. That's what I did for a while. It worked. I don't think college is supposed to mean all the frills. College is class. College is school. College is take the goddamn test. If you need the student center and the fancy dorm and the fancy food and the Wolfgang Puck ski trip on Christmas break, then, like, screw wow. you. Screw you. Screw you. In my day. In his day. College was suffering. It was suffering. It was pain. Uphill both ways. It was hard. It was very, they still gave C's You had them. to do it twice, like me. Yeah, so fuck them kids. Fuck them kids.
2: And that's how it takes. <laughs> Completely lost control of the show today. Give it up for Sam Sanders, Michaela Watkins, Adam Conover. When we come back, we're gonna do a high note. And we're back. We're gonna do one. We're gonna do one high note. I can look. I can do it. I'm just gonna read some of them that I'm not gonna do. I taught my mom what a popper is. I saved two people from being recruited to Scientology. I fought a praying mantis and lived. Hi Amarachi, what is your high note? I interviewed to be a court appointed a special advocate for children in the foster
0: system or the dependency court system, and not only was I did I get the volunteer job, but I was fast tracked to uh, start training next week, so I will
2: be matched to a kid by the end of the year, so that'll be really great. That's great. Thank you. Thanks, Amaraji. Thanks to everybody who submitted high notes. And thanks to everybody who called in. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, call us at 213-262-4427. We'll be using recorded high notes again all through November. That is our show. Thank you to Scott Yates, Adam Conover, Sam Sanders, Michaela Watkins, everybody who wrote us a high note. Special thanks to Andrew Dwiggins for making this week's song. There are 367 days until the midterm elections. And buckle up, because it's going to be harder than we thought. Have a great weekend, and see you all next week. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our senior producer. Hallie Kiefer is our head writer. Jocelyn Kaufman, Pallavi Gunalan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Our associate producer is Brian Semmel. Bill Lance is our editor. And Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Marissa Meyer, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Nar Malconian and Milo Kim, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroot for filming and editing video each week so you can.